Oh, Holy that was... fuck, that was nice. Send it. All right. Welcome to the Micro Machines podcast. Uh, we're a little short today. It's just uh, three of us, but we're going to be going over multi-turret tanks. And uh, this is something really interesting, something that we kind of love here at the Micro Machines. But uh, before we get started, let's do some intros. My name is Garrison. I'm out here in Kansas. I've got a, uh, what is this, a fucking... Strawberry Water, working on some North Africa campaign figures. You got me, Callum, coming in from New Zealand. It is hot as fuck right now. It's the middle of summer, and I am absolutely sweating. And I'm trying to cool off with a nice Monteith's Brewing, uh, Monteith's Brewery Co. Tight Lines Pale Ale, and it's damn fine. And I've also just been working more on the Musaru Cup build because I hate it. <laughs> and I am Clint, out of Indiana. And I have a Pepsi. A fucking Pepsi, eh? How about you gentlemen have yourself Pepsi? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so this is of course the first episode for 2024. Did we all have a good break? Because it's been a bit of a break since we last recorded. I know it has for me. Yeah, it was good. Had a best friend and his family out. He's about to deploy, so that was nice. And, uh... Just a lot of working. Very nice. Very nice. Did we get anything good for Christmas? Ooh, a static grass applicator. Oh, nice. Ooh, yes. that's what I got. Ooh. I got one. I got one of those as well. And a U, uh, UV light for curing resin prints. Now oh, just, that's freaking tits. Yeah. Right. Now I've just got to get it to print things properly. I have. I think. I, I think Clint. After our last conversation, I'm going to have to. Yeah, change the uh, the bottom of the vat. <laughs> it's fucked. Yeah, them FEPs usually only go for about 20 to 25 prints. I got three out of it before it went cloudy. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. That sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it must have got exposed to UV light somehow. Yeah, I think it probably did. So it's, it's just part of learning, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've still got to figure out how to get it to print things properly anyway so um, yeah it's all just part of it and of course you, you know what happens the minute you get a 3d printer don't you everyone comes out of the fuck everyone comes out of the fucking woodwork going oh can you print me off this it's like no <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, it's like, like no it, it's busy right now with my stuff yeah it's like no 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 um, that that queue is fully booked um I had I had one friend of mine said, "Oh, I just broke the foot on uh, my scale, my set of scales. Uh, do you think you can print me off a foot for that?" And I said to him, "Like, mate, this is resin. You take one step on that, the whole thing shatters." Yeah. <laughs> so that would not support your weight. <laughs> AKA lose the weight. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, of course, yes. This week we are doing multi-turreted tanks because um, I wanted to. <laughs> um, uh, no, but uh, multi-turret tanks are interesting because you know they were very popular in the 20s and 30s uh, of course this is the time when people didn't really know what a tank was 
in a sense. It was um, there were multiple ideas on how they're going to be used, uh, what their role was, you know, stuff like that. So there was all these different designs, and multi turret ones at the time were favoured purely because they, the the thinking was you had more guns, you had people they could shoot in all directions, push through, and mainly uh, you'll notice a trend of most of these are infantry support uh, tanks, so moving pillboxes and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, you will see later designs that don't have that sort of um, thing in mind. But, you know, this is a very sort of transitionary period of trying to figure out what a tank is and how they're used and what you can fit onto them. So you'll see all these different designs trying to... It's not like they 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 were trying to design something whilst trying to figure out the need for it. If you guys get what I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. the, the, the winch, they knew, they knew they had something. They just couldn't figure it out at the moment how it was to what they were going to do with it. Um, it's like they were still carrying a lot of things over from World War One. Yeah. What's yeah. it applicable anymore? Yeah, like um, machine gun heavy um, sort of land battleship. Yeah land, yeah, land battleship sort of things of pushing through and just, you know, doing all of that. But then, of course... What happens when you come across another tank that's doing the same thing? Um, you know, there's just a lear- you'll you'll see a learning experience throughout all the designs that we're going to look at, and of course we're going to show you exactly how we, uh, what kits to buy to build them because they all look amazing. All right, so first off, you guys are watching. <clears throat> yes. Yep. So we have the. Technically, this is three tanks, but they are basically all off the, the, the same design. So I've just included them all into one one slide. So this okay. is the 7TP from Poland, 1935, the T26 from Russia from 1931, and the Vickers 6-ton from Britain, 1931. Uh, what you'll notice is they all look the same. They and do. that's because they basically are. <clears throat> all three are designed off the original Vickers 6-ton, the British one. Uh, this is the Vickers Type A. Uh, the Type A, of course, having two turrets. The Type B uh, ended up with one turret with a two-pounder in it. Mm. So you'll see the the suspension systems are all the same. It's mainly just slight tweaks in armor and armament, depending on the country. So um, say like the Vickers 6-ton, that had uh, Vickers machine guns in it. Uh, the Polish one in the 7TP had their VZ... Um, no, WZ-30s uh, machine guns in it. And the T-26 had the uh, the Russian DT machine guns. Uh, the Russian, the T-26 as well, also had a 37mm cannon in the right-hand turret. So this design for people <laughs> listening, um, basically, instead of having one big turret in the middle, you have two turrets, two small turrets side by side. Of course, what this does is limits visibility and stuff like that all around. Um, yeah, they're not the best design. Uh, if you see bottom right, the T26 there, uh, that has been mounted with one of the turrets that has a 75mm recoilless rifle. Uh, which is Christ. which is of course too too big, so it's like you know sticking out what both ends of the turret, Bro, one of the turrets. Yeah, like I was wondering what the size of the there. turret. <laughs> <laughs> it looks amazing though. It's but, very uh, HIDF. Yeah, yeah. 
But you can see just slight differences in the design depending on which country. Of course, the British uh, designed the Vickers 6 ton. They never used it themselves. There was, it was literally a tank that was export only. Um, so you'll mainly see it, uh, India, Turkey, literally everyone else used it. British never bothered. Um, the Japanese looked at using Vickers 6 tons. Uh, except when they were, this is when they were still friendly with the uh, British. Um, of course, the British were using petrol engines, and when the Japanese were trialing it, the engine caught on fire. There was an accident; the engine caught on fire, and everyone inside the tank um, burnt alive. Nice. So they went with their own design, <laughs> <laughs> which looked hey, oddly similar. Know? Yeah, that well, that ended up being the Type ninety five Hargo yeah. that they went with. But yeah, we got these little, they're one step away from being a tankette, but they're just pure light tanks. And if you want to build them, uh, well, you got some interesting uh, ones. Of course, you have for the 7TP, the Polish version, uh, two from IBG in 35th scale uh, with some very cool camo schemes, I will say. Uh, for the T26, the Soviet one, we have Hobby Boss and uh, UM. I don't know who they are. And for uh, oh, and also uh, Zvezda. I think you kind of have to if it's a Russian-made vehicle. Zvezda <laughs> has to like probably under law has to make it. Um, and then, and, I agree then with that. and then for the Vickers six-ton uh, Model A version, uh, yeah, we we have UM again. So I think somebody those are needs in to do seventy seconds with uh, with the Japanese trying to get out of the tank and like a cameraman <laughs> nearby and like a reporter screaming. <laughs> I honestly would love to have one of the Polish ones from IBG. It looks it looks pretty sick. Oh yeah. But yeah. Mm. And uh David Fletcher, he does a good uh, report on this on the Tank Museum's uh, uh YouTube channel. If you guys ever watch them, the Tank Chats? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm sad that he's leaving, but it's understandable why. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's, it's not the same, is it? It's not. Because yeah. he just tells it like it is. Wait, yeah. Wait, David Fletcher is leaving? Yeah. Well, yeah, he, he has left, left. left like a year ago or so. What? Yeah. I, okay, to he be died. fair, I'm still catching up on on their videos, but. Well, shit, that's kind of sad. Yeah, I think it was his, um, his voice was giving out a bit. It couldn't, was. couldn't do the recording as much and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Poor guy. I think I think their popularity on those videos might take a little bit of a dip because it's now it's now the curator, isn't it, that uh, does the videos? Yeah, uh, David I mean, something. <laughs> uh, yeah, another David. Yeah, and I mean he's good, but you know, it's not the same. <laughs> it's it's not you know because he'll just David Fletcher just be like this thing is absolute junk. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is rubbish. You don't want to use it. I don't know why they did. <laughs> oh, like his uh, val- um, Valiant video. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, that one's a good one. All right. Moving on. So we have this very small light tank. Uh, next, we're going to look at the largest and still largest to date production tank ever made. We have the Char 2C. From France, built in 1921. Jesus uh, Christ! Yes. So the Char 2C, there were quite a few of these made and used during the Second World War at the start of it. Um, not as many as they'd like. 
<laughs> down in the bottom left, you will see that is a that is how how many crew it took. Holy um, it, shit! It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen guys to operate the Char Two C. That's a fucking infantry squad. It is. <laughs> I mean, is this a tank or a or an APC at this point? The predecessor to the fucking BMP. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this, so the Char 2C was a multi-turreted tank. You had a large turret in the front that housed a 75mm cannon. Or, as you'll see in the top middle, they did trial a short-barreled 155mm howitzer, which just made the Char 2C even just bigger. Mm-hmm. And in the back, in the rear, you had a turret in the rear... And that was that just had a machine gun in it. But you have just engine space right in the middle. Like the engine sticks out the top. You got the the classic trench uh, French tracks that uh, go up and over the hull. Um, yeah, believe it or not, there were like the Jap- the Germans captured a lot of them, but they weren't that good, so they didn't use them a lot. Um, however, they were. <laughs> there was one preserved after the war. And it was being moved around, and someone lost it. They lost it? Yes. The crowds are probably thinking, this is who we're fighting? Jesus, we feel bad. Well, this was after the, so this was after the war. Um, yeah, the Char 2C, there was one left, and it was being moved, shipped to another country for something. And it disappeared. Like, it just, <laughs> they don't know where it is. I think there is, there is actually a, like a team an international team or organization or something dedicated to looking for it. Like to the point where it's like, you know, going through sh- abandoned shipping container yards and using um, GPR radar on ship containers, just trying to find it. Like they don't know where Damn. it's gone. That's actually kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> then again, I think it was the Americans that lost it. Cause they also lost, um, you guys know about the, the Krupp Remier? Um, the German giant mine um, minefield vehicle. Mm, uh, I know of it, but I've never heard a story about one being lost. Uh, well, same again. Americans uh, found it. It was a, just a prototype one, and it's massive. It's about the same size as a Char 2C. Massive wheels, um, articulated center, and they were shipping it back, and that went dis- that disappeared. They don't know where <laughs> it went. I, I really wonder if, like, it's hiding somewhere in, like, some underground base here in the States. Like, Honestly, shit like that probably. that surprisingly goes lost. Or it's yeah. just lost it's... somewhere. <laughs> it's just in a shipping container yard somewhere. It's like, where'd it go? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> sitting next to President Kennedy's brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, all over the place? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's like, in the... Uh... Uh, France, I think in 2004, 2005, they found, uh, what was it, one of the K-5s, the Leopold uh, uh, rail guns, in an abandoned rail yard that had been sitting there since the end of the war. Nobody Holy knew it was there. shit. Then again, they also lost the T- T-95 super heavy tank in a bush. Um, <laughs> literally, like... Oh, I love a, this story. <laughs> they lost it in a bush... And they only found it because a, gar- a gardener was like there was a gar- gardening detail on a base. Where was it? It was in Fort. Oh, what's one of the tank ones? Um, 
Uh, don't think it was Benning. Uh, I think it was one in Georgia, I think it was. Uh, Benning's in Georgia, but I yeah. don't know if... Yeah. I don't know if they do tank school there or not. But it, was, it was one of those when it, when it used to be you know used for testing and stuff like that. And yeah, it just they left it somewhere. It got overgrown with bush. And they only found it when a gardening detail went through, cleared the bush and went, oh, shit. There's a <laughs> super heavy tank right here that we lost. <laughs> like, that's where that went. Have you have you seen um, uh, the Chieftain's video on that? No. He he does a he does an inside and out outside uh, two part video on the T ninety five is is really cool. You hmm. uh, definitely watch it. You know you know how it's got two sets of tracks on either mm-hmm. side. Well, the outside set of tracks could actually uh, were actually bolted on. It was a a whole unit, and they actually um, for coming across a bridge. That wasn't wide enough. They could unbolt the tracks and it would carry. It would um, drag them like like a trailer. Oh, what? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but uh, anyway, enough enough of the T ninety five or T twenty eight, depending on who you are asking. So the Char two C, or it was also known as the FCM two C. So go again, depends on who you ask. Uh, I could only find two kits for it. Uh, one is by Ming, uh, and I. Almost bought this kit once, and I decided it was a bit too expensive. And when I went to buy it the second time round, it was f- lost forever, oh. just like the real one. <laughs> it's like, well, you, you, you ever have those model regrets where you're like, you didn't buy it, and you're like, now I'll get it later, and then suddenly it's just disappeared. And you yeah. just, yep, uh, that's my one. Uh, that I'd love that. But have you guys heard of SS model? Yeah. No. I've been seeing them crop up all over the place. They're a resin, resin kit company. I think they're, they're like brand new in China. Uh, they have a uh, Char 2C that you can buy, 35th scale. Uh, decent price as well. I think it's like $100. Hmm. Um, ah. hmm. Oh, I thought they was that was just tracks. That's an entire kit? Entire kit. Oh, sweet. Yeah, they yeah, do. It looks like that. They, they, have, they have like, they go all the way up. Uh, to one one sixth scale um, tanks like the M M three Stewart, they do in one sixth. Mm. That's <laughs> a huge fucking model. <laughs> that has yeah. It somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Char two C Ming SS model, an absolute beast of a vehicle. Um, it, it looks like, honestly, looks like one of those vehicles that was just a pure drawn up prototype. And then you realize, no, it was actually produced enough to be awarded biggest mass produced tank in the world. And it still holds that record. God. All right. Up next, <clears throat> going to Britain, we have the Cruiser Mark 1 A9. Uh, yeah, Britain 1936. <clears throat> oh, I love the cruise, early Cruiser tanks. Uh, of course, the uh, British with cruiser tank, uh, lightweight, designed to uh, break. Um, you have the heavy infantry tanks that break through a, a line. Cruisers rush through and basically flank around and do cruisery things. Full off station. <clears throat> so the cruiser A9 Mark One is fitted with a two pounder and a turret with a Vickers machine gun, which you can if you can see. By uh, on the bottom right photo, it looks like even in within the gun mantlet that Vickers is um, flexible. 
kind of see it doesn't line up with the barrel. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. That's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, the French were big into that early war as well. Actually, so what, you basically have a, a movable coax, in a sense? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Okay. So, of course, yes. So you have a turret with a two-pounder and a Vickers, and it has two turrets in the front, one on either side of the driver, with a Vickers machine gun in each of them. Of course, being Vickers machine guns, if you wanted to suppress uh, the enemy infantry, you can literally just be firing them all day, and they wouldn't overheat because they're water cooled. Mm. Um, as well as a two pounder, you had the uh, Mark One CS or close support, and those are f- those are fitted with a seventy-five millimeter howitzer, mainly firing smoke bombs. Uh, mm. I, they didn't even, I don't think they used even had an HE for them. They just they were literally what? just for machine gun and smoke bombs for covering people. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so course, do they you... use these in North Africa? Yep. I'll be damned. Briefly. That's actually fucking tits. Yeah. Imagine I mean, North Africa is... Fucking 88 section. Yeah. Like, uh, North Africa is, like, early enough in the war that a lot of these kind of tanks were used because Britain oh, didn't yeah. have anything else. Uh, you can see a lineage within the um, suspension. And that is uh, that that suspension style leads on to Valentine. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you get into the Mark Three and Four cruisers, they switch to a Christie suspension system. But the uh, Mark One and Two uh, had the Valentine. I think they what there was a name for it. It was like a lazy suspension or something like that. Lazy bogey. I don't know. It had a weird name to it, but. <laughs> Yeah, sounds like hey, them two vickers in the front. It's it looks like it's just like yo, come at me, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, sorry, did you want to leave cover? No, you're not. Say <laughs> like, hey, poke your head out, please. <laughs> Tell you what, just lie down for a while. We're gonna be here. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you want to build them, the, the best bet you have is you have Gecko models with their uh, standard Mark One. And uh, I think we can we all know Gecko models are pretty damn good. And, yes. of course, it's in Quanta scheme, which just gets me going. <laughs> and, it is nice. Yep. And we have the uh, Mark One or Mark One CS, and that is done by Bronco, which is hit or miss. Bronco! I've heard good things about Bronco and bad things about Bronco, so I can't really make my mind up on if they're good or not. Very I mean, overcomplicated, f- but when they hit, they hit. Oh, yeah. They're like an AFE club kit. All ah, right. Yep, yep. Oh, and also... The British black and green camo as well. Just, yeah. Quanta and black and green just, yeah, does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up next, of course, we have talked about this one in an earlier episode, so I won't go too much into it. You just go back to that episode. We have the Crusader Mark I, designed Britain 1939. So, of course, you have the, the Crusader Mark I, Mark two, and three. The Mark I is the only one to, have a, to be multi-turreted. It has a single Vickers machine gun in a turret in front next to the driver, armed with a two-pounder and capable of fairly uh, decent speeds. It was a very good uh, cruiser tank. Um, Well, depends on who you ask. Some some people say it was very good. Some people say it was absolute dog shit. Um, The Crusader, one good thing about the Crusader was its ability to fire on the move uh, was... uh, 
its stability was good enough that it, one of its tactics was just it wouldn't stop to engage. A lot of the times they just kept moving, and it was very good at hitting targets while on the move. So, well yeah. ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, if you want to build one, we have um, Italeri or Italeri, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <clears throat> Not sure if you'd want to touch it. And we have <laughs> IBG's the uh, close support. Uh, Crusader was also made as a close support with that um, smoke bomb thrower as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you want a more in-depth look, uh, Crusader, uh, we did a full episode with it with the uh, Totally Tank podcast. Yes. And that's all I'll say about that because uh, that one didn't do so well. <clears throat> anyway. That was a, it was yeah, that was like a long time ago. Very long time ago. If yeah. I think I was still in California. I think you were. Yeah, that was like before you got out. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Up next we've got the our first American one. We have the M two A two light tank. Uh oh! the, the A two version of the M two light tank, uh which went on to become the M three Stuart and M five Stuart. I'm so, so the, proud of you, Stewie. <laughs> <laughs> so the M2A2 <clears throat> has a setup just like the 7TP and T26. You have two side-by-side turrets, uh, one mounting a 30 cal and the other mounting a 50 cal. Of course, this had uh, the, the, the same problems as the other ones, lack of a field of fire. Machine, with, by even just around the start of World War II, machine gun-only tanks were already found to be not that good because well, they, they couldn't really do much, especially if they met another tank or anything armored enough that even the 50, uh, 50 couldn't go through. And of course, like start of the war, a 50 caliber with armor piercing rounds was actually a bit of a threat to other armored vehicles, but they, they only had like 10 millimeters of armor, didn't they? If that. Um, so the 50 cal was decent, but then you get later on and it just, wasn't good for anything really <laughs> uh, of course uh if you want to build one of these they do look pretty cool i wouldn't mind having one myself uh, ss model have an m2a2 and they they go down to one to one sixtieth scale and then all the way up to one six scale so you can you have your pick and choose of whatever scale you want which i like mm-hmm. and then of course um varga scale models has just released theirs uh, he's just released his one. Uh, the M2A2 had the uh, nickname May West, and I think if we see by his box art, we can figure out why. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did, I don't Mommy, know how he got Daddy, away with I want that tank. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, son. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. Uh, yeah, those turrets are very nice, aren't they? Very, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nice and perky. I wonder if they rotate. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, right. Moving on. We've got quite a few to go through. <laughs> oh, my favorite. Oh, yeah. one of mine as well. We have the uh, M3 Lee uh, from the US of A, 1941. Uh, of course, this is the early version Lees. You'll see later on. Um, they actually deleted the top machine gun turret from the very top. Um, Australians, when when the Aussies got hold of them, they did that. Uh, but yeah, later war, they got rid of the 
um, machine gun turret on top of the uh, main turret. So you'll only see early war, uh, early versions. So of course the M3 Lee is just guns stacked on guns, stacked on guns. You have the 75 millimeter hull, um, mounted in the hull. You have the 37 in a rotating turret on top. And then you have a 30 caliber in a rotating turret on top of that. So it's a turret on a turret. Um, of course, yeah, that was just for the uh, commander to have fun with. <laughs> but later, later in the war, because you know the 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 turret, the turret with the thirty seven did have a coax as well. So I think at that point, it's just no point having two of them. Um, yeah, you can never have too many. Yeah, yeah stack uh, another one on top of that. Yeah, guns up. <laughs> Go for a thirty, and then put a forty five um, Thompson in it. <laughs> Um, they did also mention, yeah, you could use it for air defense, but it's only got so much, you know, um, yeah. elevation. Uh, did, did, did you know for the M3 Lee, there was one uh, suggestion for anti-aircraft? Oh. And that was uh, using a canister round in the 37 because that could elevate no. high enough. So for, low, for a low-flying uh, aircraft doing a strafing run, you load a... Uh, canister round into the 37 cannon and you got one shot so you better be good at it but that's know. like the fucking t72 i sent you guys shooting down that drone mm. oh yeah that was cool <laughs> like a hell of a shot that was, that was cool that I mean, was a hell of a shot yeah that's like video game shit that one. Oh, dude yes <laughs> <laughs> what he didn't realize was the other drone coming up behind them <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can so, see uh, so much of the Sherman in this. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, you got the bogies or the the bogie system slightly different on the Sherman. Of course, the return rollers sit offset to the back mm-hmm. of the uh, bogie, as whereas the M3 Lee has it on top. Uh, yeah, the the Trent the uh, front uh, transmission housing. Yeah, I like I like seeing that sort of design progress within vehicles. Oh, you know. It's just you know little refinements, little refinements here and there, and then eventually you get something decent. Um, <laughs> if you want to build an M3 Lee, which I suggest you really should, and I desperately want to, we got a few options. You have the uh, Academy one if you want to hurt yourself. You have the Tamiya <laughs> one if you want something that's you know guaranteed to be decent. If you want to go on the sort of more high detailed, you have Mini Art uh, early production ones. Um, they're full interior, so I don't know if you'd want to do that. And you have my beloved Tacon. And all the uh, M3 leads you'll see uh, with the turret, with the machine gun turret on the main turret, they're all early war. So, of course, the uh, North Africa, um, yeah, what was the North African operation called? Um, what did the Americans call it? It wasn't Torch, was it? Yeah, Torch. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of um, North African markings, which I got to say, I actually really like. I really like them. The the yellow band and yellow stars. I don't know why. I just I like that early war marking. It's very interesting. Definitely. Uh, like I got the uh, the Tamiya Stewart, the newer one with the yellow star and whatnot. And I wanted to turn it into a Pacific theme, but I'm, I really do think I'll make it a North Africa build for later down the road. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh. And if anyone says tanks don't get over over weathered, over dusty, over anything, just bottom left photo. 
<laughs> that I guarantee the inside of that tank is just flying with dust. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. dude, you know it's horrible. Oh yeah, they Hot gotta be sitting there coughing up a lung. <laughs> you see why all the doors, all the uh, gun ports are open as well. <laughs> all right, real quick, uh, yeah. I've got a picture, some pictures I'm about to send you guys of a Lee I got to go see in a museum. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Let's see. I'm looking for the inside picture. Let's take a picture of the inside. I just can't remember which one it was. Because you know the uh, the first M3 Lees had two machine guns in the um, hull? Mm. You guys know that? <clears throat> Did not. Uh, I don't think I knew that. If you look on, if you're looking at from the front, on the, on the mid-right, you, you got the mid-plate. Right, you can see it um, on the Soviet one, right? You got the mid plate, and you got those two little port things. Okay, that's the machine gun ports. Yeah, so those were it was two fixed fixed uh, forward firing thirty cows, and that was uh, aimed by the driver. <laughs> and but yeah, of course, yeah, that ended up being a uh, no use thing because you couldn't really use them that much. And of course, if the driver's trying to aim the entire tank to fire machine guns and you got everyone else swearing at him for moving all the time. And then poor guy on the 37 is trying to aim, but everything's moving at the same time. The guys on the 75 can't aim for shit because they're moving. They like, God damn it. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> the driver's sitting there just like, I'm having fun. <laughs> is that from uh, the little tank museum close to you where the doctor has all the stuff? Yeah. Yeah. House of tank. Yeah. That's cool. Does it run? Uh, I don't know if that one runs, but they were saying like eighty percent of their stock runs, so I would I would assume it does. That's nice. a grant. That's a grant. Oh, not a Lee. Yeah, that's a grant, not a Lee. That's British. Yeah. Well, yeah. Same thing. Whatever. Same thing. Different turret. Actually, the the turret that is that's got on that's been hammered. <clears throat> yeah. Was it was, <laughs> was it like an ex bloody uh, training target or something? I don't, I don't think so. God, I mean, damn. it's been hit. You, you can see I it. I think if it was a training target, it'd be it have actual penetration because and a lot more of it. I mean, it's Jesus. it's been grazed several times. Yeah, that I would not want to be inside that thing when those are hitting. You definitely have a headache. <laughs> be like that fucking Russian crew in the T ninety getting slammed by that fucking Bradley, you know, they've got a oh, hell of a headache. I still can't believe that, that what that Bradley did to it. Oh, I know. Yeah, that, that motherfucker up. Uh, it's the one, th- one time I felt sorry for the Russian tankers. Jesus. No, I didn't <laughs> yeah. feel sorry for him one bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, continuing on. Up next, we have the Medium Mark III, uh, Britain, 1930. And this is basically the same concept as the cruiser, the uh, cruisers, except it's a medium tank. Uh, so this is armed with not a two-pounder; it's armed with a three-pounder. Uh, a three-pounder is a forty-seven millimeter, if you want to convert it. Uh, two-pounder being a forty millimeter, three-pounder being a forty-seven millimeter. Uh, so this is like their first foray into like larger caliber anti-tank. And yeah, you got. The uh, twin Vickers machine guns in the front as well, and an overall fairly cool-looking tank. 
I'll give them that. I'll I like the I like the Mark Three. It is different. It keeps reminding me of a slug. Of a yeah. slug. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like that sort it, of. It does, yeah. Pole or something like that. It's got that sort of look to it. I didn't think about it until you said it, but yeah, it really does. <laughs> it's just always it's like every time you look at it, it's like this. It's like it, it's an animal of some kind that doesn't have legs. It's um, <laughs> uh, of course the um, medium Mark III wasn't used um, in in the war. It was mainly interwar training period, unfortunately. So uh, the only one of the medium mark vehicles to actually see war was the mark four and yeah <coughs> it looks boring if you want to build one of these though um ss model again they have a ton of really cool things and this is one of them and basically the only company that has made the medium mark three unfortunately uh, what is that to get off topic just a little bit it yep. was the bundeswehr when they first really got going in the 50s uh, mm-hmm. It was their version of an armored personnel carrier. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but I I tried so hard to find a model kit of that because it looks so fucking cool, and I could not find a model kit. Uh, if you can figure out the name, I'm sure someone could find it. Probably. Yeah, if you find the name, find out the name, we'll we'll probably be able to find it. Stand by. <laughs> Proceed. Well, while you do that, we'll go on to the next one. <clears throat> oh, and also another reason I really like the medium Mark III, rivets. <laughs> I like a riveted tank. All right. If uh, you've been listening since the very, very start of the uh, podcast, A, congratulations. B, you're brave. C, you poor bastard. <laughs> D, you'll recognize this one the Neubel Falsig or the Grosstraktor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, 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 um, that the was episode, my first episode. Yeah, that was uh, Garrison's very first episode when we still called him Greg. Um, the uh, the Neubel Falschenjäger. We'll go with that. The Neubel Falsig. That was, um, I think that was Val's last episode. It was. Yeah. It was. Kind of sad. That's right. We needed him to translate and pronounce half the stuff in it. <laughs> but yeah, so the Neubel Falsig is a German multi-turreted heavy tank. Uh, it was a concept of these pre-war. No, um, it's not. This is clearly a farm tractor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, uh, early war, the uh, Germans tried to be sneaky and calling everything uh, farm equipment. Um <laughs> But if you want uh, an in-depth look into the uh, Neubel Faustig, I wouldn't recommend episode three, but if you really want to. But a quick rundown. So it has three turrets. You have uh, two in the front and back, which uh, they look very similar. They're like modified Panzer I turrets. Um, And they they both had an MG-34. And then you have a turret in the top, which housed a 37 and a 75 millimeter gun. And there were only five built. The first two, so number one and two, their uh, their turret on their turret, the guns were um, seated vertically. 
in 3, 4, and 5, they were horizontally. And I think the horizontal ones look better. And they saw action Norway and not Russia. I want to say Bulgaria, possibly. Yeah. Probably Uni- Bulgaria. Yeah. But no, Romania. Okay. That would make more sense. Yeah. But yeah, if you want to go in depth, <clears throat> go to uh, episode three. However, if you want to build one, uh, Amusing Hobby, uh, Dragon, and Trumpeter. Uh, Trumpeter has both types. Yeah, it's it is a cool looking tank. I will right. I will say that. It's got them automatic seed planters on them. <laughs> it is massive as well. Oh yeah, they could plow a field in no time. Mm. <laughs> or the Russian lines. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> uh, I think the Russians did a quick. better job doing that themselves. Yeah, that's yeah. true. The Lang HS.30. You alright? Was that for dramatic effect? Uh, no, that was actually an accident. It was my <laughs> my metal rulers falling on the ground. Oh, I thought you were just like, you know, it is this. And then <laughs> pause, pause, dramatic effect. <laughs> Big reveal. I mean, what are you measuring at your computer that you need a whole bunch of rulers? Ah, uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I would have thought you needed a set of calipers for that, but okay. Oh, you're so funny. Uh, micrometers. I'm going to hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too. Let, let me copy this image real quick and send it over into the fucking chat. I don't think I want to. <laughs> you're going to want to. Look at that thing. Oh, let's have a. It's. Weird. I that? like it though. I it's think. early German after World War Two. <laughs> that looks like it's a very that's a leopard one hull, isn't it? Uh, no, I don't no? think it is. Looks Here. more British to me. It's completely German made. It's interesting. I like it. It's very odd. Yeah. It would make for a great Cold War what if. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because this is what the Panzer Grenadiers used in the 50s. I say that second picture does look very German in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want one. It's cool. Yeah, I'd build one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do an episode over that one day. Anyway, sorry about the uh, anyway. little feedback. Okay, so up next we're going to go for we're going to look at a tank that um, if it went into production, it would have beaten the Char 2C for world's largest production tank, and that is from Japan, the OI Super Heavy Tank or the 150 ton tank, um, designed between 1940 and 43. Of course, never left designs, but I'm going to include it because there are a couple models for it, and it's an interesting concept. So of course the uh, OI. <clears throat> is absolutely massive weight was going to weigh about 150 ton um so it classified as a super heavy tank uh never left the drawing boards though because you know, we all know about japan's armor production mm-hmm. and this. looking at this this would be beyond their capabilities to be honest oh yeah 
And it'd only be feasible in China. Yeah, like you <clears throat> Well, that's the other thing. This would this would have never seen tank on tank combat with the Americans in any of the islands because it would have been blown the fuck up by naval bombardment and uh, aircraft. Oh yeah. Yes. It's Wait, too you're big. Hide this thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you wouldn't be able to hide it and any aircraft roving around would look at that and just like yeah. But oh, say yeah. some pilot would be like, "Is that a fucking tank or a bunker?" It's like, "Hey, that house is moving." <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, get your fucking Corsair with the rockets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this uh, the um, OI was to have four turrets. Uh, you had two in the front, which housed 37, no, I want to say 37 or 70, 75 millimeter guns. You had one in the back that had a machine gun. And the top turret, which uh, was designed to have either a long barrel 75mm and or a 150mm howitzer. Uh, it had about... The thing is, though, it only had two 75mm two plates as its thickest armor. So that's 140mm, which by the time this would have uh, come out wasn't that much. Well, I mean, still decent, but, you know, for the size and everything, it wouldn't have done too much. I but, would have thought it would have been more. I know, I it looks like it would it. have more, but then it's like looking at the size versus the amount of armor. The more armor you put on, the heavier it gets. It's still 150 ton. Um, <laughs> those en- The engines would have been redlining the whole time. Turn me off! <laughs> it's like, please kill me. <laughs> And if you want to build this, of course, uh, last year, Tacom brought out their uh, model of the uh, 150-ton OI, which I desperately want. And you also have fine molds. They brought out one as well. And I'm sure the fine molds one is an excellent kit, too. Everything ju- is excellent. Judging by the reputation of fine molds, yes. I do like their uh, box art going against the Soviets and the T-34 in the background. Mm. Like they would have ever got there. So like that's one one T thirty four eighty five. What they're not showing is the other hundred and fifty SU um, IS IS twos. Okay, up next we have the Ram Mark One and Mark Two from Canada, nineteen forty one. Of course, there's another tank we did an episode on. Uh, so go back and check that one out. But this is multi-turreted because it has a rotating turret in the hull, uh, except for the late variant of the Mark II, which had a um, it was a cast hull and it had a ball turret uh, mounting as opposed to a, tu- a rotating turret. But it's a very cool tank. Should have been used a bit more, unfortunately. Mainly used as uh, engineering vehicles, command vehicles, stuff like that. So never really saw tank-on-tank combat. If you want to build one, well, you have uh, Bronco with their Mark II. And you have um, uh, what? Verlinden. Verlinden. If you hate yourself. (laughs) Of course, sometimes you don't have a choice, so you kind of just got to suck it up, don't you? But yeah, cool tank. Go check out that that episode. What happened there? Never mind. Right. Don't worry. We only have um, one, two, three, four, five, six to go. Okay. So 
up first of those six, we have the SMK from Russia, 1939. So, of course, uh, if you want to have, um, if you want to get a bit more of a detailed background about the uh, Soviet heavy tanks and world and the start of World War II, go back to our KV-1 episode. But a brief rundown: so the SMK were one of three tanks that were initially uh, being considered for Russia's primary heavy tank. Of course, you had the T-35 and the T-100. Um, ultimately, all three of them lost out to the KV-1 just because practicality turns out one turret is better than two or more. <laughs> but, of course, this is an early war when they're thinking uh, you have you needed a, a small-caliber, high-velocity gun for tanks and a uh, high-caliber, low-velocity gun for in infantry, you know, high-explosive, all that. Turns out you just need one. <laughs> which is usually a large caliber, uh, high velocity gun. Who would have thought? However, you can see influences of the KV-1 within the hull. It was designed by the same guy. Uh, you have two turrets, one in the front, which has a 45mm anti-tank gun, which is a very decent gun for its time. And in the top turret behind it, sitting in the middle of the tank, you have a 75mm howitzer and a Dishka, uh, yeah, it was a Dishka machine gun that, popped out of the rear of that turret for rear defense um only one prototype was made and it found its way fighting in finland for a while uh there's um a few photos actually recording it uh fighting however unfortunately it uh, ran over an anti-tank mine and was disabled and eventually was destroyed so uh, the one prototype that did see combat um didn't last long and unfortunately was destroyed and there's no nothing left of it anymore which uh is a pity because like it's such a cool looking tank it's so it's so weird looking and I'll, uh, it might just be my bias however because i have built one and i love it and it's like yeah, the that's best. what you get for attacking finland <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be biased on that though. yeah <laughs> But it is a cool tank. It is cool for doing what-ifs. Um, so if you want to build one, you have Trumpeter in 35th scale, or you have the TACOM SMK kit in 35th. And if you want to build them, I recommend the TACOM one. That's the one I built, and it is a fantastic kit. Loved it. Loved every second of it. It was a good build. It is cool box art on it. That is, Yeah, that as well. It was just, yeah, because I did mine as whitewash, rusted up, stuff like that. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's one of my. It's like one of the best kits of uh, builds I've made, and I haven't been able to match it since. <laughs> All right, up next, short run one. We have a T12 and T24. Uh, this was made by the guy by the guy who eventually designed the BT series of tanks. Um, so he made a medium tank. Uh, this one is quite weird. It don't, it never went beyond prototyping. Uh, turns out it wasn't too good. But you've got one turret in the middle, standard tank, and then you've got a rotating rotating turret on top of that. So that makes it a multi-turret. It has a very weird suspension system, like sort like sort of half bogey, but narrow and doesn't look like it could actually support weight that well. Say it looks <laughs> like it's waiting for high water. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's very early. Early suspension design. I'll give it that. Uh, both, both of both of these. You have the T12 and T24. Both armed with the 47 millimeter gun and DT machine guns all around. I mean, you can see it's got machine guns sticking out the hull, out of the turret on the top, coax, and then one on either side of the rotating main turret. So, 
machine guns everywhere. Uh, very interesting looking tank. It looks more like something steampunk, steampunkish, or you know, like yeah. not, not of this yeah. universe. Like it looks like something from a video game. <laughs> yeah, like early '90s graphics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, either way, if you want to build one, because they are cool, it is a riveted tank, so I'd love to build one. Unfortunately, the the two that you can build are hobby boss. Uh, I mean, the two, two, two. This is the first hobby boss kit I've ever built, and it's so far not bad. I think there's like a difference between the armor and aircraft. I know the <coughs> aircraft are diabolical. They're horrible. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But if you want to build one, looks interesting. Up next, we have the uh, T-28. Um, medium medium tank. This one was used in production. It has a 75mm main turret, uh, main cannon in the turret, and twin machine gun uh, turrets in the front of it. Very 1930s looking tank. Uh, again, the coax in the turret is in a ball turret as well, so the um, coax is uh, flexible as well, hmm, which is uh, the Germans did like to do that a bit. It is a very large tank for its class, being a medium tank, and I think it looks uh, damn fine. They went from making these to making fucking nude beach scale models. <laughs> <laughs> And if you want to build one of these, you have Hobby Boss, uh, Zvezda, and another one that I can't remember its name, and you probably don't want to build anyway. <laughs> Calling them out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next we have the T-35, built in 1930. Uh, of course, this is the tank with that is well known for having five turrets on it. Um, and there is still one that is a runner. One of the reasons that it never went into production, it was too heavy, too long. Um, of course, the longer the tank, the more difficult it is to steer. And apparently this one was very, very tiring for a driver to try and drive around. So uh, then, of course, um, the more turrets you have, the more people, the more people are doing things. The, it's more work for a commander to command people. Uh, that's one of the main drawbacks that was found with multi-turreted tanks. And of course, this is, you got five of them. So you've got... Um, Two, so you got two turrets front and back on opposite sides. Uh, they have forty-five millimeters millimeter uh, cannons. Next to those, you have a DT machine gun turret, and then right in the middle of them, you have a fully rotating traversable turret with a seventy-five millimeter howitzer and a DT machine gun in, in it as well. It's a very long tank. It's a very cool-looking tank. One that I definitely want. If you want to build one, we have Hobby Boss and Zvezda. The Zvezda kit actually looks really good for it. And there's one yeah. left. <laughs> if this thing floats, and make a good uh, river defense uh, boat. <laughs> Honestly, oh, yeah. Or you just drive it forward and then park it right in the middle of everyone. Just go, right, have at it. <laughs> Except you wouldn't want to do it because the T-35 only had something like 30 millimeters of armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't, there wasn't much. Okay, Come quick, at me, bro. <laughs> quick one. <laughs> Up next, we have the T100, which is, of course, makes up the trifecta for the uh, early Soviet heavy tanks. The T um, SMK T35. We have the T100. It, they look very. It looks very similar to the SMK. There was a um, design brief on that. 
Uh, top left, you can see it's been mislabeled, but the top is the SMK, the bottom is the T100. Uh, you can see there's slight differences, and but similar idea. One weird thing is this: uh, it actually has rubber road wheels, uh, which is kind of like off pace for Soviet Russia. Yeah, they don't need to deaden the noise in there or anything. Yeah, nah, no need, no need. Uh, of course, you have the 45mm cannon in the front, 75mm howitzer in the top, and also a rotatable machine gun turret on top of the turret, the howitzer turret. Uh, I call, I like to think of the T100 as the SMK's ugly sister. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like close enough, but mm, something's just off. Um, <laughs> if you want to build one, we have a trumpeter in 35th and OB, OKB in 72nd scale. Two left, don't worry, we're almost done. From the Japanese again, we have the Type 95 heavy tank, uh, designed in 1934, uh, not to be confused with the Type 95 Hargo light tank. Uh, this has three turrets. You have one in the rear with a machine gun, uh, that poor bastard who has to sit behind the engine. You have a 75mm <laughs> in the top and a 37 or a 47 uh, 45 millimeter in the front uh, never went past prototyping however it does have one hell of a cool camo scheme so yeah, props to props to the rule of cool um if you do want to build one ss model has them as well so ss model got a lot of thing a lot of cool things going at the moment is but, that camo outlined in black because it, it looks like it is in the black yeah, and white photos, the but black not and, in the color photo. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah, is, it is outlined. Really cool. There's some very cool trial picture photos that are being taken, i got to say. Oh, yeah. Very neat. It's a very interesting looking tank. All right. Last but not least. Oh, God. We have the Vickers <laughs> A1E1 Independent from uh, Britain, 1925. I have seen this one, this up close, and it is <laughs> ginormous. Like, Jesus Christ. It looks like a bullfrog in that bottom center picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, armed with, it has five turrets as well. Uh, you have four machine, uh, Vickers machine gun turrets surrounding a central uh, domed turret that houses a 47mm cannon. It has 20 millimeters of armor and wouldn't have been able to do much. However, it does look awesome, especially the top middle photo where it's a sort of uh, exercise. But I also included that photo just because of whatever that little tracks <laughs> one man armored um, thing is. I don't know what it is. I got to find out what it is because it looks awesome. I just realized this gun has no depression. None at all, unless you're looking over to the sides. Yes. If, you, if you want to like fire right in front of you, you're not. It's not happening. No. <laughs> uh, of course, it is a 1920s tank, fully riveted. So I would love to have a model of this. If you want to build one, you have the SS model again, and uh, accurate armor. Also, do one in 35th scale, but that's about it. Yeah. And that it is it for multi-turreted tanks. You guys really need to go out, find them, buy them, build them. They're cool. They don't get enough love. Except for the M3 Lee. But, yeah. Hope you guys well, enjoyed it. was very interesting. That was very that interesting. Was, that Thank was you, very Carol. interesting. I didn't realize there was that many. 
Neither did I. I thought it would be like five or six. Turns out there's about 18. I figured it'd be like touched on a few like World War One and interwar year stuff, but... Well, a lot of those <laughs> ones actually, um, right up to like the 20s or so, they still were using sponsons as opposed to turrets. Yeah. So it doesn't really count it as multi-turreted because uh, yeah. it's not technically a turret. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, they're more sponson type. But we're just going to have a brief intermission. Then we're going to be back with uh, Hobby News. Uh, we do have some something exciting during Hobby, Hobby News that I am very glad to uh, be promoting. And until then, we'll be back in a moment. So we are back. And, of course, we always come back to the Hobby News, which is always a good section that I quite like. And up first. So we, uh, well... Clint has a buddy, uh, Tam, Kits and Bits. He's joined our server and he's been talking about a book and a beginner's um, a kit for beginning beginning modelers. Um, so I figured, well, we'll just uh, chat about it for a bit on the uh, the old podcast. Let everyone know all about it because it's a uh, it's a pretty cool thing. He, uh, you know, it's pretty big to go out and write a book like this and get it published and sell it and all that. So you know. Anything to help spread the word about it. It's a pretty cool cool thing. Uh, and also thanks, Clint, for getting them on the server. All right, so Introductions to Scale Modeling by uh, Tam from Kits and Bits. So if you're looking to start, start out on scale modeling but are unsure about how, this book is ideal for you. From hints and tips on what tools to use to informative instruction on how to build your first model and many of the techniques needed to make it more realistic, this book is aimed to help the beginner scale modeler to help them develop their skill. And also alongside the book, he's releasing a beginner box. So these boxes uh, will include one Airfix starter kit. Uh, you can choose which of the kits you want. A copy, a copy of the Introduction to Scale Modeling, a set of sprue cutters, a set of pencils, a bottle of brush cleaner, uh, or a tub of wax brush cleaner. Depends on uh, where it's been shipped to. Of course, some countries have different rules because they're not cool. Um, two sets of tweezers, one set of sanding sticks, one set of sand, sanding sticks, uh, coarse, medium, and fine, one metal file, and one craft knife. Uh, all of this comes in one box for the price of £35, uh, £35 uh, which is uh, about 70-ish dollars New Zealand, um, and is ideal for the younger modeler or the modeler who is wanting to try try modeling but doesn't want to doesn't want a large outlier in the cost. Uh, the kits available for aircraft: there is a 172nd Spitfire Mark 5C. A BF109E3, a Mustang 4, and a Hawker Hurricane Mark 1 for tanks. It is in 76 scale. It is a the Airfix Cromwell Mark 4 and the Tiger Mark 1. Uh, he also has one ship that you can get, the 1 to 400 Mary Rose. So this is an ideal thing for if you're trying to get your kid and uh, your kids into modeling, or your friends, or you know just some something like that it's literally got everything included you don't need to go out and try and find it and try, find all the individual things and it's at a reasonable price so honestly um this is a really cool thing um 
the whole book. I and know, I don't know, Callum. Thirty-five pounds—that's kind of a steal. It is actually a bit of a steal, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, you, sure you could that's... spend that and plus on a the kit itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, what what's that? Uh, let's see, because that's about 70, 70 New Zealand dollars, which is pretty decent. Um, let's just convert that to uh, US, shall we, for our US-based guys, and for the two and two others in the podcast right now. Hi, that's me and Clint. Tell us in freedom dollars. <laughs> okay. That, need to change that to... Okay, so... That comes to 44 freedom units. Dude, that's a fucking that's, steal. That's, yeah. And you get a copy of the book with it as well. Yeah, you get a copy of the book, you get a kit with it, you get basically all the tools you need for it for um, 44 screeching bald eagles. That is a very, very cool thing. So, yeah. Go out and um, find kits and bits on... Uh, you'll find them on YouTube. He does a live stream, uh, Scale Model link every week. And, yeah, just uh, go and support our mate Tam. He's doing a very cool thing. He's um, embodying what we on the server try and do. Um, we, we try and bring in the new guys, uh, first-time modelers, stuff like that. And, yeah, they require a lot of help, and this is one of the things that will help them. So, yeah, we're fully behind Tam on this, and um, we fully support him. And this is on GoFundMe. Yes, you'll find find it on GoFundMe. I've never used GoFundMe. I've backed several things on Kickstarter, but I'm sure it's probably about the same uh, setup. Wasn't it just like, it's like just a different... It's just a different type of Kickstarter, isn't it? I'm uh, pretty sure it is. Yeah. All right. Up next, FX, of course, have announced their 2024 releases. I'm only going to be talking about the brand new, like the brand new, new tooled, new, not their Reeboks, not their new decals or a certain number of parts or something like that, or vintage. These are <laughs> brand, brand new. In 48 scale, they're they're bringing out a Bristol Bulldog Mark II, which I seriously want. I love the Bulldog. In 72nd scale, they have the Boeing Chinook HC-1 in RAF. You don't sound uh, impressed, Clint? Uh, Boring. Why why does it have to be 72nd? Why can't they do 48? (laughs) Or 35th? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, in 72nd as well, they are bringing out a constellated B24H Liberator, full interior, uh, which looks it actually looks pretty good. I wouldn't mind having one. In 48. Oof, that'd be big. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and in 72nd scale, I wasn't sure if there was a Reeboks or something, but a Bristol Beaufort Mark 1A. Uh, they're calling it a new tool just because they have the Mark 1, but the Mark 1A has got slight differences in it. Of course, it is a Beaufort, so I want it desperately. Up next from AFV Club in 1700 scale, we have the Shang Kung class frigate. With uh, anyone want to have a go at trying to say that? That's all you, Boo Boo. He Sung Fang? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. I don't even know what it is. No idea. Funny. 
<laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I didn't know AFV Club actually did ships. So yeah, I didn't either. Mm. It was just, yeah surprise for me. But uh, interesting box art. Going for the sort of cartoony comic book look, but um, yeah, if you're interested in modern Chinese ships, yeah, look at this Not one. Not at all. <laughs> Which are basically American ships because they copy what we do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, up next from Academy, we have in 35th scale an ROK uh, K9A1 150 millimeter SPG. This is the uh, South Korean main self-propelled gun. Uh, cool looking camo scheme. It is Academy, though. So, you know. It might be, be good. Might be shit. Usually a decent price, though. There's, there's one thing I will say about Academy. Uh, consistently, their, price, their prices for their kits are pretty good. Anyway, after that, Ryfield Models bringing out a Leopard a- 2A7V. <laughs> Were you in that splash zone, Clint? No, <sighs> no, I think it went past me. Sorry, sorry, I get excited around leopards. <laughs> it just does something to me. It's just snowing right. in Canada again. <laughs> <laughs> Another blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a German 2A7V. Um, I do like the uh, gun shroud. You know, make sure that they don't go bashing against trees. Uh, as a gift for the first batch of pre-sales, you do get some extra photo etch and uh, and parts. Not actually sure what they're that what they are for, but yeah, go f- if you like it, go for it. These ones, oh, Sky Raider. Yes, so yes. You, these two. Uh, so you have the Hasegawa one seventy second A one H Sky Raider with uh, rocket pods. So that's a new parts one. But uh, it's a Sky Raider. I was going to include it. I love the Sky Raider. Who doesn't? Sky Raiders are one of my Sky favorite Raiders. aircraft. Awesome. The Tamiya kit is just amazing. Uh, I want that kit so bad. And also in 48 scale, this is just a new decal set. But I saw the decal set and I had to include it. It's an OH6D with shark teeth, shark teeth decals. And <laughs> that just looks awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just like it. Is that South Korean? Uh, Japanese. You got the, um... Oh, okay, I see the sun now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so cool. I love it. <laughs> this is a cool decal set. Okay. Oh, Copper State Models. Cards. Yep, Copper State Models are bringing out, in 35th scale, a Lancia 1Z. Uh, they have one of these already. That was a 1ZM. The 1Z uh, differs because it has... This is a multi-turret, multi-turreted armored car. Because, of course, it has the uh, twin, um, I think they're Maxim machine guns in the uh, turret. And then it has another turret on top of that turret that has a Maxim machine gun and that as well. Fully rotatable. Jesus Christ. I so want one of these. I say that is sexy. I can't. There's no Copper State models in, I swear, in New Zealand. If someone knows if there is one here, please let me know. I want to find out. I want. I want one. The white wall tires, man. <laughs> oh, so cool. <laughs> Dude, fucking uh, Don would be shitting his pants right now looking at that. Yeah. I do like on their box art, they've gone, it's like sort of 3D rendered to, and then like fades to historical photo. Mm-hmm, that is really cool. That's neat. I like that. 
Uh, so I've talked about them a bit, but SS model, I think they're brand new because they're just their big announcement is just a ton of stuff, like a ton of stuff. So I've just um, pick and choose what I think is a cool, cool thing. So you got an RBT-5, uh, that is a BT-5 with giant uh, rockets on it. I don't know what, yeah, <laughs> it just looks weird, Mickey Mouse ears. Oh, yeah. I'm about to say, it looks like a fucking uh, on toss, but smaller rockets. <laughs> it looks very top heavy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a BTSV uh, Soviet light tank that looks like a frog. Um, <laughs> we have a BT7A, which is a uh, BT7 but with a 75 millimeter short howitzer. A T6 medium tank, one of the precursors to the M4 Sherman in a way. Uh, it looks Sherman-esque, and I want one. I saw I saw one of these uh, built at uh, Nationals in you in Auckland last year, and it's beautiful. So I really want one. It's a interesting-looking medium tank. Of course, they have the M2 light tank, the M2A2 light tank, uh, T35 M2 medium with the uh, the turret that I like, as well as the M8A1 uh, tank destroyer. The uh, M8A1, of course, the M8 uh, Scott has a the short-barreled 75 millimeter. It's a field gun uh, that they use for it. Um, the A1 a1 variant was a prototype they uses the m4 sherman uh gun uh they were trialing that however they're having some issues with it and around this time the m10 wolverine was already driving around and making a name for itself so so it wasn't really necessary so they dropped it but yeah ss model go check them out they got some really cool stuff uh Ad releasing a 172nd albatross d3 something i'm interested in but it's not a d5 so i'm not that interested but it's a cool cool little biplane yeah. uh ibg uh bringing out a couple 72nd armors uh first one is a semivante m41m da90-53 uh spg if you want to learn a bit more about that one go look at our italian tank episode uh, it's the last one on there it's a very cool looking tank with a 90 millimeter cannon on it what's not to love and also a dac mark one british armored car um again i wish it was in 35th scale but since we can't have it in 35th scale still a cool armored car i want one definitely cool I, I love the twin Vicar K, uh, Vickers K guns on the top as well. <laughs> I've uh, I've played that in Squad Forty Four. Pretty fucking fun. Don't they have like a nine hundred or a thousand round fire rate or something like that? Like something ridiculous. <sighs> uh, I it I, I'm not sure the exact number, but it is fairly high. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're aircraft guns. Yeah. The yeah. K, Vickers K were used for aircraft, and then they decided, hey, this is good against people as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at the Germans and what they did at D-Day. Um, yeah. Okay, a couple more. Large-scale aircraft border models are bringing out a 35th-scale Heinkel HE-111. With uh, bombs. With bombs uh, and torpedoes. And you'll be able to change out uh, to different variants, uh, which had either the 
eight millimeter machine gun in the front and the nose or the 20 millimeter cannon in the nose and other small changes and tweaks uh full interior going to be a large kit going to be an amazing kit and again one that i desperately want because it's just going to be cool it's going to be so big <laughs> oh i know right? i do love the h111 yeah it is cool aircraft Flying that in IL-2 is so much fucking fun. You know it's got a tail gun? Yes. Hmm. Or a belly gun. No, 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 no. Like, in the tail here, you can see my cursor? Yeah. Right there, there is a gun that fires backwards. It is mounted in the tail, and it and it's not flexible or anything, and it's just aimed backwards, and it just fires backwards. <laughs> remote, uh, remote controlled, I, I guess? Yep, but not trainable. Ah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and last and least um, <sighs> TACOM just take my fucking money from TACOM <laughs> three more Jagpanzer 38Ts or Hetzes if it's after the war uh, they are bringing out three of them we have the command version with a full interior a Flammpanzer version kitten. and a Kugelblitz version with a rotating turret with two 30mm cannons in it Okay, I'll take I'll take the Google Blitz one. That looks cool. It does look cool. And I love the Hetzer because it, it's like you know, thirty-eight D, <laughs> and I love thirty-eight T. I gotta build mine. So ugh. yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to get these three as well. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can, say that like you're disappointed. <laughs> I can I just. Mean, I'm hearing his wallet crying from here. <laughs> I mean, they might as well just be like a school bully, like to try and take my lunch money from like right now. They basically are. Yeah, it's like anything Tacom comes out with. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, I should get that too. <laughs> I do, I do love Tacom stuff. They do, yeah, their kits are awesome, except for their yeah. weasel, from what I've heard. Which is a shame because the weasel is such a cool vehicle. Yeah. All right, so that's all for hobby news. It was a bit of a long one, but it's been a bit of a break. I am going to shut the fuck up now, and I'm going to let the other two talk for a bit. Right-o, mate. All right, so I got two slides. Uh, Between having company and work, I haven't been too terribly busy, but uh, been working on my North African group build diorama. Uh, It's a Tamiya fucking British Universal Carrier, and did some scratch building on it. Right now, it's in the uh, prime phase. Uh, lots of fun, torn up fenders. I got the uh, Reich fucking running gear and track set, which was kind of a pain in the ass to put on, but very well made. I'll just get their kit next time. Um, lots of fun little details, like a tarp over the the fucking Bren gun and wires and all that shit. Um, then you got some figures down there, which I've been painting on this entire episode. Um, and then you can kind of see the base on the bottom left, but that's a lot of work for someone who hates sand and hates the desert. Oh, dude, it, <laughs> I want this to be done so bad, <laughs> <laughs> so fucking bad. <laughs> like it's been right, two Anakin. weeks since I've really, I uh, know, right? It's been like two weeks since I've actually worked on anything. Minus last night, I I did one glazing layer on the British base uniforms, and that was it. Like, <laughs> I haven't. It's looking good. Too. I really like uh, the guy that's looking up. 
Oh, with the Bryn gun? Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> and the guy with the cigarette in his mouth next to him, he's really cool looking too. Nice heads. Thank you, yeah. I love the resin heads. Alright. Um, to continue on with the fucking North Africa build on the, on the right-hand side... There's the palm tree primed up and then the base base coated. I got to paint hand paint all the rocks and do some green green color on the little grass shrubs. Uh, and then bottom, center and left, that's my hobby room right now. I got it cleaned up, reorganized a little bit. And then top is uh, from left to right, got two anti-tank groomen uh, or anti-tank anti-tankmen, fucking words. Uh, they're going to be part of, along with a rifleman, they'll be a part of a STRV diorama that I'll be starting once this North Africa campaign build is done. Uh, that's also why I'm ready for this thing to be over with, because I've been needing an excuse to build the STRV. And I want to try <laughs> that Swedish splinter camo with a nice whitewash. I've got Ooh, a really yes. cool vignette idea. So, Oh, that's, that's going to be sick. Thank you, thank you. And this is mine. Um, I finally was able to use my new airbrush from, what, how do you say, gal- gallery? Gahalary. Like um, it's not not too bad. The trigger's a little stiff. Um, I think it's uh, mainly just because it's brand new and I'm used to using an old, like, Iwata that's like 10 years old. But it sprays <laughs> really good. Um this is the Hobby Boss STKFZ222. Uh, just put base coats down. Need to go in there and you know, modulate the colors now. Um, the only aftermarket thing I'm using on this is a aftermarket metal barrel from Master. Ooh. And it looks a lot better than the plastic one. And um, yeah, the other thing on the right that box of 3d printed parts i have not told you guys about this so i'll let you know now but i am printing a one-to-one scale chopper what what yeah sit a one-to-one scale chopper yeah you know from some star wars and the files are from mr badley's uh, patreon and it's like when I'm done, he'll run off the Pateron 360 control unit, and he will be fully controllable. I mean, he'll he'll, he'll be a full full droid. He'll be running off Arduino, and dude, that is fucking tits. That is awesome. Please Please bring long that to the show in October. <laughs> uh, I doubt it'd be done by October. <laughs> You're still counting it. <laughs> I'm like a third of the way done printing. How much have you spent on bloody filament for that? Uh, so far, like $100. <laughs> Jesus. It'd be like that. Worth it. <laughs> I am printing in a PETG, uh, which I'm getting it at $17 a roll. So That's not yeah. bad. No, no. I still have like three rolls from the first shipment that I bought, so it's going good. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a and, picture uh, of the uh what it's supposed to look like when it's done like the color and all that yeah yeah i'll uh, throw it in the chat here in a minute fuck yeah 
And uh, this is uh, my uh, redid my hobby room. Um, got pretty much all the stuff off my desk, and I've used this honeycomb wall system, which the wall grid is not my design, but ninety percent of the holders I designed myself in Fusion three hundred and sixty to just hold my hobby tools and get them up off the bench and easily accessible. You know, some people might call it OCD. I call it putting shit back where it belongs. Yes. Um, but yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> love it, Clint. Love That's it. So cool. <laughs> well, thank you. And I think I watched your I video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I watched your video FBM on printer. YouTube like three times, just admiring that shit. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I think you've just you're, you've broached past OCD. <laughs> we need a new and classification. I got, I got my uh, laser engraver finally up and running, uh, which is back there in the corner. And so I'm going to start like another like little business venture is like making a, a cutting gates for the proxon, like you see on the on my proxon there. Oh my god! And, yes. And also making like paint racks and stuff, and seeing if I can't sell them at shows. Dude, yes, nice, very cool. Thank you. Oh, real quick, Clint, I'll be using your uh, your jig again for the FCRB. Nice. Does it uh, did it work out good for the first time? It did. It worked out great. Glad to hear it. All right, back to me. <clears throat> So this is what I've been working on all weekend. Uh, this is the uh, Musaru Cup Ural 4320 uh, Horizon Island Defense Force. So it's going to be rusted up to hell and back. Uh, I'm mounting a Soviet uh, 61K 37mm uh, anti-aircraft cannon on the back. And yeah, at the moment I'm just waiting for oil paint to dry. Mm. HID Earth! But yeah, I do not like this kit at all. <laughs> I, I really don't like this kit. I mean, has is it just been hard to put together, or just yes? Okay. And it's too small. It's too small for me. It's too fiddly. Things keep breaking off. the The chassis plastic is weird. It's that black plastic, mm. uh, which uh. I had to. I had half a bottle of extra thin that I can't use anymore for the standard paint because. Yeah, like flecks of that stuff got into it from my brush, and it's just contaminated the bottle. Is it like, styrene or is it like ABS? I'm not sure. It's got like a sort of rubberish feel to it. Yeah. When you light on fire, what does it smell like? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll go get the light. I'll take a deep breath. <laughs> go like. Uh, oh, I, I'm falling. <laughs> Why am I on the ground right now? <laughs> the floor is heavy. <laughs> but yeah, I want. I need to get this one done so I can finish off my uh, North Africa diorama. Um, so this is uh. part one of it. The uh, MS four hundred six uh, took me six hours to paint this thing because I was set, I was hand brushing the. Uh, the camouflage onto it uh this is going to be a youtube video as well that one so but really cool kit the uh hobby 2000 um ms406 it's a really nice kit to put together um 
What skill is this? 72nd. Oh, okay, I was about to say, that's why it's so small. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. It was a cool kit to put together. First time I actually, I've ever used um, canopy masks as well. Huh. Comes with it. And also it comes with uh, roundel uh, masks, but I didn't have the right colors for it, so I didn't do that. But uh, So this is um, modeled off a pilot, um, Jean Toussaint, I think it is. Fought with the um, Free French in Syria, uh, joined the RAF in Egypt for a while to fight with them, hence why there's RAF roundels on. And then he went back to fight with the Free French after that in Syria and Palestine. Uh, nice. So my diorama is depicting his time in Egypt. So currently he's working on the uh, a CMP truck to add to the diorama. So yeah, oh, but fuck, part, yes. part one has started. <laughs> oh, that's really cool looking. Very nice film. Yeah. And then my photos went a bit weird here, but something else I finished over the holidays, my 30-second scale Newport 17. Um, yeah. I really like Very the decals nice. on that. The decals look cool. The decals are the worst thing I've ever <laughs> experienced in my life. And I watch your YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty rough. <laughs> I have never yelled before at decals. In this one, I was yelling at them. Didn't um, you say one blew off? Yes. Okay. Like it had marks. It had mark. Um, mark fit, mark fit. Under, underneath it. I'd massage all. That. It was down, and I was literally airbrushing varnish over it to seal it. And I don't know how, but there was just no adhesion underneath it. And uh, the minute the airbrush touched it, the, the decal ended up halfway across the room. I just said, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fucking almost did. Oh, I <laughs> You're making plain noises as you throw it in the trash. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. But looking at it, you can't tell you had any problems. I'm good at photography. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want. There's a lot I'm hiding. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and this is the first time I just I actually got um, pre shading to work. So yeah, very nice. <clears throat> but that's all for whips, uh, Garrison. All right. So currently, we still have the North Africa campaign group build going on until March first. You still have time to join us. Throw in a build. Uh, if you're working on one, you got like just about a month and a half or so left. Uh, very exciting. It's going to be one prize for the entire thing, so uh, lots of judging to do. <laughs> but join the Discord. We got a great prize towards the end if you win. Uh, and stick around for the next one after this. I'm excited for the next group build, I will say. Oh, me too. Me too. That's going to be my forced perspective one. And after you've listened to us, check out all the other model podcasts. Um, you know, Plastic Posse, Small Subjects, Scale Model Podcast, Built Sideways, all of them. Go check those guys out after this. Uh, support the community. They're a nice bunch of guys. And lastly, we always have to thank our Patreon supporters who help keep the lights on for the podcast. That is Paul Gallagher, uh, Clint, who is on the podcast right now. He, so he pays to be on here. Um, <laughs> kind of, 
What kind of fucking OnlyFans is this? <laughs> we send you feet pics once in a while. <laughs> uh, Robert Judson and Robert Brisbane. Uh, big thanks to everyone for uh, supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yes, and thank this you very is going to be. Shit. This is going to be a very good year for the podcast, I think. We've got some very cool things planned out for it for 2024. Uh, yes. You guys have any parting words? Um, I have one thing. Yeah. So in October, uh, up in Leavenworth, Kansas, if you're in the area, there is a model show. I believe it's October 5th. Uh, myself and Clint will be... Uh, We'll be there selling some product as well as uh, bringing some models. So if you guys are interested to buy some uh, MMP merch, uh, not sure exactly what we're going to put up yet, but we'll have some MMP merch, some channel merch, and uh, some stuff from our stashes and whatnot to be selling. So hope to uh, hope to see you guys there. All right, Clint. Anything else to add? Uh, while we're there, it's like I've been designing some uh, painting jigs that I'll be selling and whatever else I can think of designing that I might be able to sell, well, I'll be bringing to you. <laughs> cool. All right. That is the, this is the start of 2024 for the Micro Machines podcast. So, as usual, you have been listening and watching the Micro Machines podcast. We thank you for making it this far. We're really surprised. but of course go and watch our other episodes and everything else join our socials comment give us send us a facebook uh, message email you know give us a bit of feedback if you want you can say whatever you want don't worry even if it's bad those are the best ones yes yes but we shall see everyone next next time when we talk about i don't know something else until then <laughs> Until then, it's bye for now. Deuces. See ya.